0: Well, I guess I better preach good after that, man, gosh, it is such a, a joy, um, a privilege to be back in, in the house again, um, first thing I want to do actually is that we want to kind of greet our friends in Honduras, so just give me a second, so Mama Debbie y yo queremos mandar saludos a todos allá en Honduras, y realmente creemos que eh, los extrañamos mucho. Mucho, mucho y siempre estamos pensando Siempre estamos orando por ustedes Siempre estamos pidiendo a Dios La gracia y la misericordia de Dios Que puede cubrirles Y siempre estamos pensando Y por la voluntad de Dios Vamos a regresar para visitarles Y hasta este momento Siempre están en nuestros corazones Y en nuestras mentes Y especialmente en nuestras oraciones Los amamos mucho Amén Amen. So, you know, as Jay was talking about, this is the vision of the church. And, and you, can, you can cheat and look right up here. Uh, when we came back from Honduras, everybody's like, you know, we're going to know God and we're, like, we're going to find freedom. And we're like having to cheat. You know, it's like a cheat sheet up there. Because we've been gone for a little while. I keep talking about how we're new here and so we don't kind of know everything hi guys, Colby and Amy, love you guys. Um, And so I am excited to be able to finish off this series on Make a Difference. And I want to let you know, Debbie and I just completed growth track. (laughs) I know, I know. The cool thing is you complete growth track and then you get to preach. So just kidding, just kidding. But Growth Track wasn't around when, before we left for Honduras, and so coming back, we really wanted to go through Growth Track, because if, if we're encouraging people to do that, we wanted to know what it was. And so I want to let you guys know, we absolutely loved Growth Track. I don't... Starts tomorrow. I don't. I, I just. I have to say this. I don't care if you've been in the house for a long time. We were, we've been here for over ten years. If you haven't gone through Growth Track, I want to encourage you to do that because getting connected, really finding these these four things—knowing God, finding freedom, discovering your purpose—it genuinely allows you to make a difference. We went through the class, and and, and Pastor Stephen, it's it's a wonderful class. Absolutely love it. And so I just want to encourage you. If you're like, yeah, well, we've been here for a long time, great. Go through Growth Track. It, it, It is absolutely empowering. So if you'll put the sermon title up there, or not, my sermon title is Sidekicks. Not psychics. Right, Chantal? Sidekicks. Now, you may wonder, why on earth would you name a sermon title sidekicks? And that's a great question. But the truth is, is that I have always felt way more like a sidekick than the number one guy. Or in this example, what we would call a hero. I've always been just a little bit awkward. And some of you would argue I still am. And that's Okay. Um, Even growing up, I always kind of felt like I was on the outside looking in a little bit. You know, I knew everybody, but I wasn't really friends with anybody. And so this idea of being a sidekick really resonates with me. And so tonight, I actually want to look at three different biblical examples of what I would call a sidekick. But first, I'm just gonna list a few here, dynamic duos that you guys are all familiar with. So obviously, when you think of of a hero and a sidekick, you think of Batman and Robin. Okay, what about Frodo Baggins and Samwise Gamgee? Absolutely. Sherlock Holmes and John Watson. Now, you guys, this is really cool, because I was able to find a picture of Moses, and he's actually happy in the picture, so if you put Moses up there, (laughs) and his faithful but awkward sidekick, Joshua. (laughs) Little 21-year-old Joshua on his wedding day. It's okay. I laughed. Okay. That's too much though. I mean, just a little bit is okay. Okay. Now you may think of Joshua as a hero because he did in fact lead the children of Israel into the promised land. But the truth is, is that for 40 years, Joshua was Moses' sidekick. Come on. Let's just take a minute and look at Joshua's life before he encounters Moses. First, we have to remember that Joshua was born a slave. Did you know that? He was born in Egypt, and he would have been born into slavery. For the first 40 years of Joshua's life, his sole purpose was to make bricks and try not to die at the hand of an angry Egyptian slave master. This is not a great start, but this is where we find Joshua. Also, uh, Joshua wasn't even his real birth name. Surprise. Let's go to Numbers chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. I love that sound, don't you? It's not quite the same as click, 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 click. Oh, and by the way, not all the scriptures are going to be up here. Because I'm going to feed you a little bit of scripture, but I'm not going to baby feed you all of them. I need you all to feed yourself the word of God. The word of God. Amen. Numbers 13. I love you. I love you. Okay, see, the cool thing is they may not ask me again, but hey, I'm here now, so. Numbers 13, verse 1. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the people of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, every one a chief among them. And then if you go down to verse 8, it says, from the tribe of Ephraim, Hoshea, the son of Nun, and if you scroll down to verse 16 on your, your, your little Bible app right there, it says, these were the names of the men whom Moses sent to spy out the land. And Moses called Hoshea, the son of Nun, Joshua. Whoa. I think we can be so familiar with a story that we read through it to check a box versus taking time to meditate and really see what it is that God would seek to reveal to us. See, we know the story, 12 spies, Joshua and Caleb, good guys, other 10 bad guys, right? But his name was Hosea. So Hosea, in Honduras, we always throw some Greek and Hebrew in, so... I'm not going to stop it now. So Hosea in the Hebrew means salvation, deliverance, or rescue. Now, his parents may have named him that, just kind of like in the bitterness of their slavery. It was like, oh, we need deliverance. We need rescue, right? But it says that Moses called him Joshua. Now, in the original language, Hosea and Joshua actually would have sounded very similar But there is a difference, and it's huge. See, Joshua means Jehovah is salvation. Jehovah is salvation. And so at God's direction, Moses renames Joshua to put the emphasis back where it belonged, and that was that God would empower a human to be an instrument of his deliverance. God said, hey, I'm going to allow you to discover your purpose, and that's going to be that you're going to be an instrument of the hand of the living God. This is actually the perfect spot to talk about my lovely bride. Yeah, come on. Most of you probably know her as Debbie or Mama Debbie, right? But What you may not know is is that her actual birth name is Deborah, like, like the prophetess and the judge in the book of Judges. And several years ago, God challenged her and he said, I named you Deborah for a reason. And that she needed to accept that call, that anointing, and she needed to walk in it. And so she has been going by Deborah. Now, I've been married to her for over 31 years. And 99.9% of the time, I still call her Debbie, unless she's in trouble. Oh, don't even get me started. Don't, no. But I got to tell you, last week, does God rebuke anybody else in the shower? Just me? Seriously. It's like, I'm cleaning the outside, and he's like, I'm cleaning the inside. And so... He said, hey, Don, do you think it would have been okay for Abraham to not call her Sarah? Uh uh Thank you. Oh, my lanta. And so I would ask, I, I repented in that moment. I repented. Because I should be the first one to recognize the anointing and the calling on your life. And so... Would you all please honor her and join me in calling her the name God calls her, which is Deborah? And would you please forgive me for not being faithful to what? Thank you. Thank you. So back to Hosea, I mean Joshua. Born into slavery in Egypt, but Joshua knew the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He was a direct descendant of Joseph. And when God liberated the children of Israel, Joshua did what? He found freedom. And I believe that when God named him Joshua, he truly discovered God's purpose for his life, which was to be an instrument of Jehovah to bring about salvation. Beautiful. But remember, for 40 years, Beautiful. when he was 40 years old, he was a sidekick. Exodus thirty-three eleven refers to him as the assistant to Moses. Some versions say servant or aide, but the idea is someone of a lower status serving someone else. And I think that Joshua was quite content to be a number two to Moses. Can I let y'all in on a little secret? I had no desires or ambitions to be a lead pastor. I was quite comfortable and happy being here in this house, I was the executive pastor for several years before we left. And in my, in my, in my thinking, I was J.O.'s sidekick. He was my lead pastor. I was his wingman. I was his number two. And I was so content in that. And you know what? I was making a difference in that role. Right, right. But when you start to find freedom... And I'll tell you, I found freedom from from a very legalistic, religious background. I also found freedom from self-serving desires, kind of living for myself, chasing after that American dream. And when I found that, God decided he was going to change my purpose. And so even though I was making a difference here, when God revealed his new purpose for us, you know what I had to do? I had to go and make a difference And that place happened to be Honduras. And you see, God may not be calling you to a foreign land, but He is calling you to make a difference where you're planted, where you're planted, right? Now, like J.O. talked about last week, and if you missed his sermon, I really want to encourage you go back on Facebook, go back on YouTube, watch the sermon. It was so good. Discover God's purpose for your life. See, you were created for a specific reason and a specific purpose and it's not to fill your belly and it's not to have the biggest house. God created you for a specific purpose and a reason and it's for His glory. It's for His glory. But, see, God revealed it but It took us until 2016. Do you remember J.O. talking about, hey, God may reveal the call to you, but the send may be a little bit later. And so you know what I did until then? I didn't just, I didn't stop living because I knew Honduras was coming. You know what I did? I made a difference while I was here. You've got to stay activated. Even if there's something bigger coming, you've got to be activated today. It wasn't long after we started coming to Heart of the City Church that I got involved with the FIT team, First Impressions team, what we now call the host team. And you know what I immediately realized, Pastor Stephen, was that I felt most fulfilled when I was giving and loving and serving other people. And so if God's purpose for my life is to be a door greeter, I'm going to be the most faithful, most punctual, most cheerful door greeter until Jesus calls me home. Sidekicks? We got any sidekicks in the house? We know how to make a difference, don't we? You be present. You show up. But there was a bigger purpose. But... In the moment, in the wait, in the in-between jail, I had to feel fulfilled in that moment. And for me, that meant serving in the house of the Lord. I didn't really care. You need me to clean toilets? I'll clean toilets. You need me to straighten chairs? Because that's seriously one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> oh, I'll be a chair straightener till Jesus comes back. I still do it. Yeah. They're like, Don, please, please don't. Just stop. But what I have found is, is that while serving on the host team, God was teaching me and he was preparing me in my now for my then. You be faithful with your today, and God will open doors for your future. Let's jump back into Joshua's story. You know the story, but, man, I just... We got to see Joshua differently. Let's go to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. Verse 1 After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' sidekick, his assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan. This is a promise every sidekick wants to hear. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do. Observe to do is what we read last week, huh, Be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have not I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I've always wondered, why did God have to tell Joshua three times to be strong and courageous? And you know, there's actually a fourth time because his own men come up to him and say, Hey, hey Joshua, we're gonna follow you, dude, but you gotta be strong and and courageous. See, I think Joshua lived in a really big shadow, in Moses' shadow. And I think sometimes as sidekicks, we can be a little bit intimidated. We can feel inadequate to the call. We can feel inadequate to the responsibility to be salt and light. And so God not only tells Joshua once, Not twice. But you know what? The third time he says, have I not commanded you? I believe God commands us sidekicks, be strong and courageous. He says, just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. I think Joshua needed that because he had really big shoes to fill. But God was so kind, so reassuring, Observe to do, God would be with him. Here's the thing. Joshua would never be Moses, but that was okay because God promised that he would be the same God to Joshua that he was to Moses. Hey, sidekicks, the God of the universe, the one that parts the waters, he goes before you. He goes before me. I don't need to be Moses. I need to be me. Right. That's right. Yeah. I want to break into song, but I won't. <laughs> I've gotta be me. It's not like hip, like J. O. He's up here. What? 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 I'm like Frank Sinatra or something. I don't know. Like I said, a little bit awkward. Make no mistake, when you know God, have found freedom, God reveals his purpose to you, then even an ex slave sidekick can make a huge difference. Amen? We're gonna jump to the New Testament and look at another sidekick. We're gonna look at the dynamic duo of Paul and Barnabas. Obviously, obviously, Paul was one of the most well known apostles. Of the New Testament church. He wrote about half of the books of the New Testament. But guess what? Paul didn't come out of the womb an apostle. It, thank you, Marilyn. She's like, that was funny, Don. Thank you. Like a little pity laugh over there. But what we do know about Paul is he was actually terrorizing the new church. And so the new church there was like, uh, we're a little bit scared and skeptical of this guy. But along comes a guy named Barnabas, who heard Saul and believed in the power of Jesus to completely transform someone, and he defended him. Let's go to Acts chapter 9. Oh, I hear that paper rustling, and it makes me happy. (laughs) Acts chapter 9, verse 26. Wow, you think this guy Barnabas made a difference in Paul's life, his ministry? Absolutely. And what's interesting is if you keep reading for a few chapters, it keeps talking about Barnabas and Saul. Barnabas and Saul. But there comes a point where we start to see and it says Paul and Barnabas. Paul and Barnabas. And you know what? Barnabas was okay with that because Barnabas knew what his purpose was, and he was living it out, and it was making a difference. Barnabas knew his purpose. He wasn't concerned about whose name came first. He wasn't trying to be something he wasn't supposed to be. He realized that by encouraging others, equipping, empowering others, helping them to discover their purpose, he was actually fulfilling his own purpose And making a difference. And you want to know a little fun fact about our buddy Barnabas? That wasn't even his real name. (laughs) I love it. Acts chapter 4. God is always changing things up. Acts chapter 4. Verse 36. Acts 4, 36. That's Joseph... Who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. This guy's real name was Joseph, but he so made a difference in the believers' lives by encouraging him them that he, they nicknamed him Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. I'm pretty sure that Paul would be in full agreement to call him Barnabas. I think if if you find yourself being nicknamed because of your calling and your purpose, I think you need to run with that. I think you're living out your gifting. Now, my mama nicknamed me Bubba, and some of my family still call me Bubba. But some of the guys here at the church had given me some nicknames too, such as the Sobbing Shepherd yeah. and the Weeping Prophet. I mean, what? Doesn't even make sense, but whatever. Don't even know where those came from, but, but back when the nickname game began, there were, there were two other ones that, that really had a, a huge Amount of meaning to me. The first one was Don Belong. Now that probably won't make any sense to you. It may seem rather random, but you have to understand that my purpose in the kingdom of God is, is to be an equipper of the saints for the work of ministry. And if I'm not doing that, I'm dying. If I'm not doing the purpose for which I was created, I'm living a lie. And so when God brought us to Heart of the City Church. What I found was, Pastor J.O., immediately, the very first sermon series was, Follow Me. It was a 12-sermon series, and right smack dab in the middle of that was, Belong. Okay, that's where the nickname comes from. that's where it is. That's where it is. Okay. Too far. Too far. But... In that sermon, J.O., God ministered to me. He called me home in that sermon because it's so hard. If, I, if you're designed, if your purpose is to serve and to equip and to give and you're living for yourself, do you know how unfulfilled you are? And so I found a place to belong. And it wasn't long before I actually taught a class called the Belong class, which probably was kind of a a combo of next steps and growth track. So, yeah, called me Don Belong, and I love that. And then it wasn't long, and and we're we're not quite sure who coined this whole one, but then it was Dondo to Hondo. That one's a little bit more obvious. um, But when your nickname speaks to the difference that you make, I say don't fight it. If you're a Barnabas, be a Barnabas. Make a difference, right? If you're a Don Belong or a Dondo, don't fight it. Speaking of fighting, my little segue. We're going to look at our last sidekick. And honestly, this is one of my absolute favorite stories in the entire Bible. Entire Bible. And I've always just so identified with the sidekick in the story. And we're going to go to 1 Samuel 14. 1 Samuel 14. Guess I'm running a little long, huh, Angela? It'll be perfect for the 909, though, I promise. Okay. First, I'm in mean, First Kings. That wouldn't happen on an iPhone, would it? <laughs> first samuels 14 verse 1 one day jonathan the son of saul said to the young man who carried his armor come let us go over to the philistine garrison on the other side but he did not tell his father if you remember from jail sermon last week saul was riddled with fear He ruled out of fear. Everything he did was out of fear. He was afraid of the Philistines. And so, Jonathan, even though his father was the king, he didn't tell his dad what he was doing. Let's go to verse six. Jonathan said to the young man who carried his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of those uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. Nothing can hinder the Lord. From saving by many or by few, by the strong or the weak, by the hero or the sidekick. Are you feeling me? And this is the best part of the story right here. Verse 7. And his armor bearer said to him, do all that is in your heart. Do as you wish. Behold, I am with you, heart and soul. Best sidekick ever. But there's something I find so odd about this story let's read verse 4 and then I'll explain within the passes by which Jonathan sought to go over to the Philistine garrison there was a rocky crag on the one side and a rocky crag on the other side the name of the one was Bozes the name of the other Sene okay so we get the names of the rocky crags but we don't get the name of this amazing sidekick this armor bearer But we know that every word in the Bible is intentional. And so I've come to this conclusion. I believe that God left his name out on purpose. Because what was important was the difference that he made, not what his name was. And so you know what? I am that armor bearer. Michael, you are that armor bearer. I think this nameless sidekick represents all of us. Every person in the house of God was created with a purpose to make a difference. Here's the great thing about serving in an upside-down kingdom. It literally is for everyone. It's not the best, the strongest, the wisest, the best-looking who make a difference. It's us sidekicks and let me prove it to you. Last scripture we're going to go to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. It's going to blow your mind. 1 Corinthians 126. For consider your calling, brothers, not many of you are wise according to worldly standards, not many were powerful, not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are. Why? So that no human being might boast in the presence of God. Sidekicks, suit up. Truth is, we're all sidekicks. J.O. isn't a hero. He's a sidekick. Craig is a sidekick, even though he looks like Clark Kent. It's weird. Uh, Really weird. You can name any hero of the faith: Billy Graham, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and you know what? They were all sidekicks. The 12 apostles, sidekicks. Because the truth is, is that there's only one hero. And that hero is Jesus. But he's made a place beside him for every single one of us. We've been called to make a difference. You don't need a platform and a microphone and a spotlight. You just need to know God. You need to find freedom, discover your purpose, and get This is Team Weekend. We want you to get activated in the church, but you know what? (laughs) We don't want you to stay there. Because what I have found was when I got activated in the church, I became activated outside the church as well. And where does light shine the best? In darkness. In darkness. Would you please stand to your feet? Thank you for letting me share.
1: I wonder if there's anybody here
0: tonight that kind of resonates with that idea of being a sidekick, maybe a little overlooked. Maybe 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 you've even been hurt. You guys seen that meme of, of Batman where he's slapping Robin? Maybe you've been slapped around a little bit. Maybe even in, in church. And so you've decided to just sit out you hung up your cape I really believe that God is wanting to activate you there's a world in need and you're the one that he desires to use maybe you don't even know this hero that we're talking about Jesus Christ you're like, Donna, I, I, I want what you're talking about. I want to find freedom. I want to discover my purpose, and I do desire to make a difference. But well, you got to know God first. And so I really want to, as we're here in this moment, I just want to make sure that every single person in this room knows Jesus, the hero of the entire world. It says that he is right now making intercession for us. Do you know this Jesus? I also want to ask those that have hung up their cape. I feel like there are a lot of people in this room that have hung up their cape because they've been wounded and they've been hurt. Offense is kryptonite to the believer. You want to get your power back? You need to forgive. So, anyway, if you'll please bow your heads. In a minute, we're going to release everybody. We've got teams set up outside. People super excited to help you get activated in the church so that you can be activated outside the church. But before we do that, I want to pray with those of you that, that, that need to know this hero. And I want to pray with those of you that have been hurt. If that's you, if that's you, with every, every eye closed, every head bowed. It's funny, but I actually do that. I actually bow my head and close my eyes. So I'm asking you to do that now. If you don't know Jesus, the hero of the world... But you need to and you want to. Would you please raise your hand? I see that hand. Thank you. I love that. I see that hand over there against the wall. I see that hand. I see that hand right there. This is, this is bravery, people. This is beautiful. Let's acknowledge. this. acknowledge this. I'm also, here's the thing. As a believer, sometimes I just get, I can get a little sideways. I can get a little messed up. And so every week, I pray this prayer along with Pastor J.O. And so if you're that sidekick that hung up your cape a long time ago, and you're feeling God is calling you to get back in the game, we're all going to pray this prayer together, okay? You guys with me? Okay. Jesus I recognize you as the hero of the world. I recognize you as Lord and Savior. I recognize that I can't do anything of myself other than sin and be separated from you. But I, I ask for your forgiveness. I call upon your grace, and I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus, and I believe in my heart, and I know that I am saved. God, would you allow me to find freedom? Would you reveal my purpose and allow me to make a difference? Jesus amen amen Amen. if that was you that rose your hand yes come on come on Jesus is still on the throne Jesus is still saving lives Jesus is still rescuing people if you raised your hand to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior Greg and Diane are over there underneath the cross. And they would love to just put a Bible in your hand. They would love to pray with you, connect with you. So I would ask you to make your way over there. The rest of you, sidekicks, it's time to suit up, huh? Time to suit up. Let's get back in the game. So if you need prayer because of what we were talking about earlier, being offended, being wounded, Especially if it was in church. We want to pray for you. So I am going to have the altar workers come forward. But everybody else, I want you to go out there. They are waiting to talk to you. They are waiting to find a place for you to serve in the body of Christ. You want to know how you're going to find fulfillment? Living out your purpose. You want to know how you're going to make a difference? Being there. Just be there. Just show up. Amen? So I bless you in the name of the Lord. The altar is open. Please come get prayer. Don't continue to live in in a place of wounding and hurting. And then let's let's get you suited back up. Amen? Amen. Go in peace. God bless you.